Hey, Story Fiends. How are you? Allie here, and welcome to another episode of Their Stories Everywhere. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Shelter, my newest horror novel, is out as of the 28th of April, so if you haven't had a chance to get it, now's a good time. Shelter, Chapter 10. Rhonda. The woman reacted to her name by rolling over, certain she dreamed. Rhonda. Her eyes almost opened. Ronnie. Rhonda's eyes flew open and she took a breath to scream and choked. The guest room was empty besides her. The soft light of her charging phone, the only light besides the sparse bit coming from between the curtains. She sat up, pounding on her chest as she tried to free the scream which welled up inside her. That night ran wild in her memory. Honor. Missy's house. The strangers at the edge of her vision, all of it collided and she tried to scream again, this time managing a tea kettle sounding scree. Then she fell back, her chest pumping up and down like a bellows. There was something wrong in that house and she had to find it. Anxiety plagued her, but she knew if she let Nathan come into that house without knowing what was going on, she might very well lose him to it with or without the rules about how to handle it. Laying her hand on her chest, she closed her eyes and breathed through her nose in an attempt to bring her heart and lungs down from the precipice. It might not have been all in her head, but her reaction to it was, she had every reason to just lay back down and go back to sleep. It was the middle of the night. Whatever happened there had happened years ago. Missy Alberta was dead. They would bury her that day. There was nothing she could do about the house without more information. Therefore, she would have to find out more before she could do anything. None of those things equated to panic screaming in the middle of the night from her bed. She turned over on her side and considered calling Nathan. If she panicked at night as he slept, he was there to soothe her. Unfortunately, as she laid in bed alone, there was nothing to soothe her but herself. Thus, she would simply have to make do. So she laid there, thinking about the way the curtains moved in the ever-so-slight breeze, and tried not to think of Honor's face. They had been friends. Honor always helping her into and out of trouble. Maybe that was why she didn't remember her all that well. She had been something of a bad influence. The chill in the house brought down the feverish feeling in Rhonda's body, cooling her back into rest mode. She burrowed into the covers a little deeper. Honor, a young black girl who had been a friend but disappeared. Had she disappeared? Or had something happened to her that night in the house, Missy Alberta's house? There had to be an answer to that question. Rhonda reached for her phone and stopped just short of touching it. Nathan would appreciate being woken up by her concerns, but she didn't know how to voice them. In truth, she just wanted to hear his voice to ground her back in reality. So often, 
He offered her the ease of his sedate personality, and now she wanted it but didn't dare ask for it. Closing her eyes, she withdrew her hand from the phone. She'd talk to him about it later. Rhonda didn't need to wake him up in the middle of the night for nothing, and in her mind it was nothing. A bad dream at best. Just because she thought something happened didn't mean it did. Honor might have simply moved away and no one told her to where. Maybe Honor's parents had decided after that particular prank they needed to keep their wild child on a shorter leash. Maybe that was it. There were a hundred possible explanations for why two young girls no longer really saw each other after a particular incident. Assuming there even was an incident and Missy Alberta hadn't just found them in her house and put them out because they were being disrespectful of her rules. It all made perfect sense when she explained it to herself that way. No magic, no mystical meanings, no scary thing in the closet, nothing. Just a simple, straightforward, non-event. Rhonda's breathing had calmed considerably as she thought about it. Nothing had happened. The house was a house and nothing more. Missy Alberta had died and left her a perfectly normal house that looked as if it had been kept perfect in case someone wanted to sell it. Maybe Missy wanted to sell it or she wanted it to be perfect for when the ladies came for tea. It didn't matter why the house was pristine. All that mattered was getting rid of it now that she had it. Rhonda knew she had to get rid of it because she didn't intend to restart her life down in the veritable sticks of Georgia just because her family member had bequeathed her a place to stay while she did it. If that had been Missy Alberta's plan to get Rhonda to come home, it had failed miserably. She was just going to pack the place up, sell what she could, and let it go. No reason for her to stay. She had Nathan, and Nathan had her, and they would have a family together in the North, just like she had planned. Nathan was going to come in a few days, and then they would sift through it together. Maybe they would find a fortune in antique furniture in that house, considering its age, and despite its size. There was no telling what Missy Alberta had left behind in that place after years of living alone. With her mind calmed and her heartbeat slowing, Rhonda closed her eyes and drifted back off to sleep. This time, she found herself standing on the porch looking in the front window of the house, the stripe of blue above her head. Inside the window, Missy Alberta appeared to be having a party of some kind. There was fried chicken, red rice, macaroni and cheese on the table set out buffet style under the window. Green beans and squash to round it all out. Rhonda went to the door and tried to open it. She wanted to be inside where everyone else was. She felt her hands touch the doorknob and turn it. It slid in her grip so it didn't turn. No matter what she did, the doorknob didn't turn. Then she realized as the door opened, the sun was setting in the west behind the house. Others came out, and because it was a dream, they passed right through her. Rhonda picked up her foot to enter, and something stopped her. Something stopped her from setting foot inside the house in the dream. What was it? Another in a set of disturbing circumstances which set her teeth on edge. 
Rhonda woke up with the morning light starting to filter through the window. She wanted a cup of coffee and maybe a cigarette, despite not having smoked since those ex teen experimental years. She would settle for the cup of coffee. She knew her aunt smoked those small cigars, but she didn't want one of those. She wanted an old-fashioned Newport. Sitting up in bed, she pulled her legs up to her chest. The more she thought about it, the more none of it made sense. A friend who disappeared, a house with strange rules, a woman who had kept to herself for years, all of it added up to something disturbing or something utterly mundane. If Rhonda was honest, she didn't have to imagine there was something terrible there. It could have just been the fact that she had lost a loved one. Maybe that was her reason for seeing shadows everywhere. Shadows and faces and things like that were often on the edges of changes. Missy Alberta's death heralded change for an entire family. Rhonda got up to go make coffee. She wouldn't cook in her aunt's kitchen, but would wait for the woman to get up and cook something herself. They had an 11 o'clock service and then the repast at the church. However, Rhonda might have felt about Pastor Kingsley. She had to admit he made his presence known wherever he went. In the kitchen, Michael was already there. What are you doing here so early? Mama called, said she didn't feel so well and wanted to make sure I came over and got some food done for you and her. You don't have to do that, Rhonda said. I could have made breakfast for us. It's fine, Michael said. It's fine. There's coffee if you want some. A selection of creamers in the fridge. And I'll be whipping up a mean frittata. A mean frittata? Is that eggs with attitude? Yep. And chilies. <clears throat> Rhonda got her cup of coffee and made her way out of the kitchen, leaving Michael to whip up his mean frittata. She went out on the porch and sat in the rocking chair for a moment. She needed the fresh air and the caffeine jolt to clear her head. Michael would have known Honor. They were all close in age, so sure he would have to remember her, especially if she'd been a friend of Rhonda's. She and Michael had been running buddies for years when she was young. Of course, she could go ask him. She should go ask him. Her legs didn't obey the getting up part. If she asked him and he didn't remember Honor, then what? What if he didn't know her or she was just some part of Rhonda's imagination? She had to find some way to confirm Honor even existed before she asked Michael about it. She didn't want him in the position of lying to support a delusion. Sipping her coffee, Rhonda considered how she would manage that. Finding a way to confirm Honor's existence might be hard, however it needed to be done. If she had disappeared, then there would be a record of it. There would be something left behind. There would be a newspaper account. Something. Her thoughts were interrupted by the arrival of her Aunt Sharon, leaning heavily on an antique wooden cane. What's the matter, Auntie? Rhonda asked. Gout. That's what's the matter. Picked a bad day to flare. Gonna need you or Michael to drive me to the funeral. I'll drive you, Auntie. Michael's got to run home and get his kids together, I bet. That's what he's got a wife for. Did she come to make breakfast like I asked? Yes, ma'am. He's in there right now, whipping up a mean frittata. Heaven above, he don't know how to make no traditional breakfast? It is traditional breakfast, I think. 
in Mexico or somewhere, Rhonda said. Aunt Sharon made a face and Rhonda snickered. You'll like it, Auntie. It's really tasty, though I'll go tell him to lay off the chilies. Chilies? Where you find chilies in my kitchen? I don't know. You go run in there and tell that boy to stop playing in his mama's kitchen and make some real food. Yes, ma'am. Rhonda abandoned her coffee cup beside the rocking chair and went back into the kitchen where Michael was beating eggs as if he was legitimately mad at them. Auntie says stop playing in her kitchen and make some real food. She also tell you her gout was bothering her? Yeah. I'm just trying to make something good for her. All that sausage and such ain't. Oh, and lay off the chilies, Rhonda said as she squeezed past him to get another cup, coffee cup for Aunt Sharon. The kitchen, longer than it was wide, made getting around each other a little bit of a circus trick, but they managed. Rhonda fixed Aunt Sharon a cup of coffee and headed back out of the kitchen. You know she's going to expect some grits. There will be some, just a little so you have something to put your eggs in. Michael went back to cooking and Rhonda returned to the front porch. Aunt Sharon used one foot to rock back and forth with the cane hooked over the side of the rocking chair. Auntie, I made you some coffee. Thank you, dear. You're welcome. That boy making some grits for his poor mama. Yeah, he is. Just something to put the eggs in. Also, he said the sausage is bad for your gout, so he's going to have just a little. Aunt Sharon heaved a sigh but didn't complain. For a woman who knew her body betrayed her at times, the woman still chose to eat the old way she'd been brought up. You gonna help me get ready for the funeral? Aunt Sharon asked her. I will if you need me to. I'm gonna need you to. Can't rightly bend too far. My shoes are far away. Yes, ma'am. Rhonda picked up her own coffee cup and sipped from it. Then she looked up. The stripe of blue was above her head, just as it had been in her dream, though it was the wrong porch. Auntie, what's that stripe of blue for? That the water that protects the house from the evil spirits. Auntie, you are a church-going woman. I am, and I still believe in the hang blue, she said over the top of her coffee cup. Then she blew on the brown liquid to cool it before she tasted it. You ain't put no sugar in this. No, ma'am, just creamer. It'll do. The look on Auntie's face said it certainly would not do, but she drank it just the same. That's the end of chapter 10. Thank you for listening.